There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Postcards from the Hey guys, Ida Williams here and welcome to Postcards from the Edge, a podcast where every week I'll be having some amazing guests on, usually joined by my mom Gwen and my small time first husband Robbie Williams. He's a bit of a limelight stealer so I will try and keep him to a minimum for you and for me. Every episode, we'll be chatting about our Anglo-American differences, which are huge now that I am an L.A. girl living in the United Kingdom, with a good bit of gossip thrown in as well. So let's get on to this week's guest. Well, today I'm really excited because we have superstar comedian and semi-pro football player John Bishop on the podcast. I am really excited to welcome John. He's one of the funniest people I know, and he's better at football than Rob. So let's sit down and have a chat on Postcards from the Edge. One quick note. This episode is a bit rude and crude with a few naughty words thrown in, so definitely not family-friendly listening. Sorry, kids. Postcards from the edge. Hi, mate. How are you? You look great. You look really <laughs> you, you look great. Doesn't he look well? Yeah, you do, yeah. I've just, I've just got off a Peloton bike. Me too. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you? I literally just got off a Peloton bike. Oh, yeah. It's fucking hard, isn't it? It's... I know. Should we, should we get all this? Yeah, we're getting it. Wait, who do you like? Who do you, what instructors do you like? I just did one there with Matt, Matt Wilners. Oh, well, well, Wilbur, he's great. Yeah, yeah, he's really good, little American guy. Yeah, he's, he's really good. pale. Yeah, there's some there's some English instructors, and, yes. and they're okay, but I like the Americans because, you know, I'm still, I'm still intrigued by your accent. It's still, for <laughs> us, for Northern English men, the American accent is still exotic. And if you, if you start the day, with some nice looking American woman telling you telling you that you're brilliant because you got on the bike today. You're the guy, you got on the bike today. You're gonna make it, you're gonna make the day. That's just so I love that that because we were gonna talk about accents anyway, that the American accent sounds exotic to you because when so I and we're gonna do a Peloton, I mean I literally got off the thing with you know that guy Cody Rigsby. Yeah, Cody's fantastic. He's fantastic. He makes me feel like some sort of gay icon. Oh, when I'm yeah. oh come on. 
bitch. He's come, come on. on, live your best life. Live it. Live it, bitch. And then he's like, bitch, if some girl was calling my phone, you'd be done, girl. Like just now I was done. You don't you out of here. You don't I find myself when I'm on the ride with him, which I just was, is I'm almost like Pepe Le Pew. I'm like, yes, girl, get it. 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 And I'm like, (laughs) and at one point I was in the gym doing this. And security walk by and they can't hear anything and i'm just doing this on the yeah, yeah, no. he's he's ace and uh, that alex I, Toussaint, do you I, like him uh yeah i've done some of them uh ali love i've done she, some she's of this she's, she's good she's i haven't seen her for a bit she's good she's so there's good some of the english ones are good there's a lot called matt from england as well who's good i don't mind him uh but listen the, the main thing is it's somebody making you do it because like yeah we we all have the best intentions with everything but sometimes you need someone to say now you've got to do it you're going to sit here and and do it do it and just shouting at you they hold you accountable because like what what i just did just now i would never ever push myself to do no but i the silly thing is they don't they can't see you i know but i, I think I they bought, can i bought into that i don't want to let them down i don't want to let them down i'm thinking oh my god ali's putting all this exactly. she's, she's putting she, so much faith into me i know and she's telling me i could do it and i i can't not do it because she believes what about when they're like, what about they're like don't give she up don't. i know it's juicy i see you i see you I see you I see you. Alice doesn't know. I, I feel, you know what? I sometimes feel like stalking them and going, oh my God, like buying and cold. Oh, I have. Go, oh my God. I, I know you see me. You see me the first time anyone see me. And then you look. Then you look at the top and find out 65,000 people have done that class. He hasn't seen all of us, has he? Uh. Wait, can I just say, one of the greatest moments ever was like, a year ago or two years ago, I specifically got on that fucking bike on my birthday and did yeah. a live ride and I got a shout out. Did you? Oh no. I felt like King fucking Kong. They said my name. I was like, they see me. They see me. Said my name. No, I can die happy I, now. I can die happy. Because I've thought I, I don't want to shout out. I don't want, because first of all, you got to be on there live to do a shout out. I do the recorded ones, but also, it's all the names. All the names are like the people who phone up and, and report the traffic. You know, on Radio 2, where they phone yeah. up and they go, yo, it's, it's, it's uh, Billy Big Tree who yeah. said that there's a, there's a traffic delay on the M40. <laughs> and it's the same people. No one just says, Fred 52 Norwich. It's all the wrong of mad Can I ask a question? <laughs> Can I ask a question? Are you you? I'm not telling you to say your name on the bike, right? But is it is it? Well, I am actually. Is it your name? Yeah, the what I put I entered this world sort of a little bit ignorant, so I wasn't one of those people who got given a pellet on or or was sponsored or was inducted into it. I I just I just saw it and thought that's what I need someone to talk to. And so so I just did I put I put John B 
Uh, I think I'll put John B. And I might have put Mier a bit or something like that, or Mier, something like that. But John B. But I haven't put a picture up. So I haven't got some fancy name. I don't have a picture. Or, or a secret. But you know what I felt? I don't have know you got I... either? No, no. I have, a, I, have, I have a name. But this is how sad I am. Was I was like, when I would hear them call out people like Swex, Swexy and Swerving, yeah. I, I changed my name. I was like, oh, I'm so unoriginal. I need to like step up my Peloton name game. Like I need to be, I need to be a little cooler. I still second guess no. it. I'm still I still second guess no. it. Can no, I tell no. you what my name would be? if I was on Peloton. What? By the way, I feel ashamed that I've not got into this Peloton craze yet, because you're doing it, a mate of mine's doing it, and they always look, and you look right now, healthy and content. Your serotonin level is where it should be. Mm -hmm. um, I'm almost shamed into doing you it myself. But I'd like mine to be break like the wind. Because you fart so much? <laughs> I don't know how you get all that on. I feel, like like, I feel like I want to, we should do like a Peloton like together. We could like, I, I won't ask your name online. Oh, yeah. Let's spin together. And it, I know, it, I know. It's funny, I was, I was speaking to Chris Moyles because he does it. And, and, and he was saying, let, let, let's, let's, we'll have to try and organize to be on like the same spin, ride at the same. Because then you do that thing. Do you high five? Yeah, high five, high five. Oh, I don't, I don't know how to high five okay, people. Okay, so I find that. I, I, I tell you, I, 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 I've yeah. got to tell you this, because there is okay. nothing more English than the first moment a high five come up. For people who don't know what Peloton is, you're on the bike, there's a screen, and there's an instructor talking you through like a spin class. And I do the other stuff. I've done the strength classes and I'm in the real They're great. But the spin classes, you're there like that. And then a little, name, a little sign comes up with a little drone of a hand and it's someone's name. And it means they're on the bike at the same time as you. And they just want to say hi and give you a high five. And, and the first time it happened, I was like, who the fuck is <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not making friends with fucking, I'm not making friends with Ben from New Jersey. <laughs> fuck off, Ben. Fuck off, Ben. Why are you watching me speak right ben, now, dude? <laughs> Yo, Cody's talking to me. What do you want? <laughs> Back it up, mate. I remember the first time it happened. I was like, "Whoa!" It was like it was like there was like a peeping tom watching me undress. I didn't know anyone was watching, but I only literally like maybe two weeks ago, which is really sad because we've had it for so long. Figured out how to high five, and now I'm that geek that is constantly high five. I don't, I don't know so what you do. I don't know what to give him. Okay, so if you, it's really easy. You know, if you see the names like on the like the chart, you know, the, the, board, whatever, yeah. the board, you just press their little insignia, you just press it and it gives them a high five. Oh, so right. Like go boom, 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 boom. And you've high five like 10 people. Okay, so now that you are into palatonin and you know that the high fives are happening, when a high five comes your way, do you A, feel guilty for not high five in the back? You got a high five back. Or B, do you actually feel invigorated and go, yeah, we're all in this together? Or C, does it really bother you? Or all of those things? No, 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 now. Now that I, I've realized I'm part of a community. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a fellow a fellowship, we like to You've call it. You've got someone to yeah. talk to now. Yeah. You've got a yeah. friend to talk it's, to. It is, it is like attending a meeting. It's like, look, <laughs> I'm there. And I'm just high-fiving these yeah, people. Yeah, me too. It, 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 now I'm all for it. I just didn't know how to do it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know whether I'm bold enough or un-English enough to 
do it to <laughs> others. Yeah. In, I'm very happy to do it back. See, I'd be so sort of people pleasy that whilst I was doing the ride, I'd feel guilty for not showing the love back. Oh, I always show the love back. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I feel like if I don't press. But here's my thing. Here's my question. Now, I, I, I know what I do, but I'm going to ask you because maybe this is an English-American divide. You know when they're talking to you and they're like, come on, like, high five your neighbor. Because, you know, like they're in the class before quarantine. Oh, yeah. Or they're like, you know, like, give a shout out. Do you, in the middle of your Peloton workout by yourself, do you clap and high five or do you not listen and you just like continue biking? I can't even believe you've asked me that. <laughs> do I high five imaginary people in the room? I'll tell you why. As it happens, I don't know. <laughs> oh, God, I fucking high five them. I fucking high five the invisible people. And they're like, Come on, high five your neighbor. I'll be like, <laughs> in the room, I lift up my hands, or I'll clap the mom, and they're like, "Hold on, hold on, but hold on." But it, but if it's a recorded Peloton session that you're doing, there's, oh, no one can see. No one can see. Yeah. That's why it's so weird that I do that. I was just wondering yeah, if yeah, that. but also what what happens because people jump on at different times, so so there's always someone on a good class when you're uh, on it. They'll say here I, and now. It'll say here now, so it's like all the people that have taken it, and then you can be talking to people that are actually doing the class at the same time you are. Well, I've got, I've got oh. a question, got a question. So would you say that sometimes you're on the fitness trail and then sometimes you're off the fitness trail? Uh, yeah, I would say sometimes you're, you're, you're on. You've got to get on and you make yourself. There's always little bits where you go, okay, I'll have a blow this weekend that I'll pick out, but you've got to get back on. But does do your off periods ever get to like two or three months? No. Wow. He's been no, on uh, for like, what, how many years now? See, what I do is I sort of like get addicted to something and just go, I am never going to stop doing oh, yeah. this ever again. And then one day I get up and I go, can't be asked. And then I don't do anything for about a year or so. Yeah, well, I, I went through a bit. Um, I mean, it's, this is why I like the Peloton thing, because there's a, a discipline to getting on it. Although it, it is just what you said there, I had those. It shows you that it's, it's an American thing because it encourages this communal stuff. Because when you said there, if you're in a class, if they're doing a class and there's people in front of them, they're saying high five your neighbor, you high five imaginary people. It reminds you of other people. Whereas I'm English, it just makes me feel lonely because I'm on my own. And I'm, they're all in a class and I'm here on my own. And, and Cody can't even see me. Cody can always see you, John. Cody can always see you. I see you. But I, uh, I, I got that for that discipline thing because it wasn't a last Christmas, it was the Christmas before we had a, a scales and uh, it was a digital scales in kilograms. Oh. And so you, you get on it, be 85.7 somewhere. And I walked on, on boxing day oh. and I stood on it and Dangerous. there was four, four numbers. Ooh. Four numbers. Oh, it hurts. I was a hundred point two kilos. Oh shit, that hurts. Now that, hurts. that that's big. Now for me, I weigh a lot anyway because I have officially got a heavy skeleton. 
<laughs> is that a self-diagnosed? Um, is that a self-diagnosed? You're, you're, you're heavy boned. <laughs> me, me and Manly, me and Manly went for a scan, uh, a body scan. This trainer we were using once knew someone. He said, "When you go for a body scan, you'll get all of your your sort of fat content that we can wear. You know, all that kind of bollocks." So, so we went for it, and the, we came out of the room, and the fella said, "You have officially got the heaviest skeleton I've ever seen." <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind hold of hold on, hold on. Was he being a was he being kind or was it a euphemism or have you actually did you go let me just I, I have, that? Have I, I, I have got very I heavy skeleton? I mean, listen, I've got a heavy skeleton. It doesn't excuse a lot. I think it's something like the average skeleton's two and a half kilos and mine's like four. So it's not like it's not like I can excuse loads. But and I've made those numbers up as well. But so I have got a heavy, <laughs> I have got a heavy skeleton. I don't want a doctor going, well, actually. Four, but, four kilograms. Uh, but I uh, so I always I always do way more. So even now, like just getting off the Peloton got on. So I, I'm like 94 and a half kilos now. That'll so you do lost me. it. You lost it because the Peloton. I, yeah, but I thought it was a while. But I, I float around. I always float around that 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 bit because I, I I'll never get down. I when I was at my fittest, I was about thirteen stone, uh, and yo, I don't, what are you now, Rob? Um, well, he doesn't know because he doesn't weigh himself. I don't weigh myself, but no, which is so. Do weigh themselves either? I think you can see it. You played for Hyde, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that you were a professional footballer before comedy. Well, semi-pro. Well, I'm going to say pro. I say if there's any pro in the world, you're pro. Uh, and you're better you, than Rob. Oh, yeah. You're better is, than yeah. Rob. Did you have to be a certain weight when you were playing semi-pro? No. It wasn't weight then. Also, we're talking like 80s, 90s. One of the football was a different thing. Yeah. And, you know, and, the, and the game that I played, I played sort of... Uh, Play for a year at the Vauxhall Conference, then dropped down to the Northern Premier League. So I played non-league football, and the, the the way to describe that either is is it's like football, but it's just slower. Uh, people are not as good. Some have been professional players and have been good, but the rest of us just isn't stop like, the good on, players man. playing. Isn't it like horrible as well? There's it, it was tougher. That's what I'm saying. Like, why is it tougher? Because the pay is not as good and it's grimmer, or why is it? Why is it? I no, mean, it's physically. kind of like football light to me. Why is it? Why is it bad? Well, it I'm guessing physically harder. How physically? Is it? But but wasn't the actual game like every game that you played? You saw it was a bit was it bit like wrestling, more scrappier. No, it, it, there was more skill involved than. People will give it credit for there's some great players, but there was also, you know, it was part of the game to get your foot in. That, that's what I'm saying. So, like, uh, divisions higher, championship, Premier League, they, they've yeah. got more time on the ball. Everybody knows what everybody's doing, and they 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 can make that picture in their head, and they know what's going to yeah. happen next. A bit further down, I would suggest that it was like. You know, everybody's got a good touch, but the technique isn't as good. So no, they're just I, sort of like, I've just heard that everybody gets battered every game. Yeah. 
there was a lot if you if you a fancy player, there's a lot of and I, I was one of the players who because I wasn't as skillful as the others had to try and stop them. So I, you know, but it's if that's like everything though, isn't it? You know, if you take like your profession, you take my profession, take yours either. If you when you're good at something, you can see it in a different way to other people seeing it. So when like when I, I enjoy watching stand up comedy and I and is and I still laugh and I still enjoy it. But I can see the joins. I right. can see I can see the structure. I know where it's going. And I enjoy the fact that I know it. It doesn't put me off. But I, I often find you often find comedians stood at the the back of the comedy store or something, watching all the comics. And they're not laughing or certainly not laughing as much as the audience. And it's not that they're not appreciating it, it's just that they're watching it in a different way. They're analyzing it through different it's true, like yeah. with with TV, with with I, I watch it through a different lens than I think I would if I wasn't in the industry. And I'm sure like you look at music, like the way, like even we're listening to music, I enjoy a song in a different way than Rob enjoys it. Cause he's thinking about the pre-chorus, the chorus, the verse. Yeah. He's breaking it down in a different way and thinking, oh, it's too long. It's too, it's too short. You know, there's all sorts of things that go into it. Yeah, the structure, you see, you see a structure that other people don't say and I think the difference with elite sports people is they're the same they just see that little thing and this goes across all all across society yeah and and people sometimes don't don't always recognize the value when that that skill is in a different environment so if you if you yeah if you're an elite sportsman, everyone goes all right that's your skill set that 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 little bit of intuition other people haven't got makes you better than them, same as a performer. But if you've got it in, across another way where you've got, and we've all had it, where you go and you see a brilliant teacher who just has a great way and intuition about how to pull the best out of a kid or a fantastic nurse who has empathy or a carer, they're not valued in the same way, but it's yeah. that same... Dimension same, circle. Yeah. Yeah, it's that same individual skill that you've got that you've applied to your job that I think can make people special. Well, I was really impressed because you've managed to do something which I think is fascinating, is you've managed to be in that sparkle zone at that high level in two completely different careers. Do you know what I mean? Like to go from music to acting or acting to dancing, you know, there's there's a through line. But to go from football to comedy, it's like... Com- Two completely different skill sets. It was no um, league. Okay, well, calm down. Calm down. Yeah, I know, I know, I, I know. I <laughs> to go from but, boy band to solo artist. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah but, but I mean, if it's let me let me clarify. I know the, I know the football was not it's at the a skill little level. bit like it's a little bit like Robbie's solo career being karaoke and then being <laughs> a boy band. It's, but you know, listen, this is a very English thing I'm going to say because like I'm putting the heaps of praise because I think it's remarkable that you were in any kind of semi-pro professional sport and then have become a huge comedian. But it is a very English thing where you're like, no, no, I'm not going to take that compliment. Let me just bring that down because I've noticed with like you when you give a compliment you have to somehow take it away a little bit because it's almost like well it's sort of like it's sort of like the same thing the comedian of your stature in america 
that played baseball at the same level that you played uh, football. Like that's a big deal. They, they wouldn't stop the interview to clarify. That they weren't that good. <laughs> that, they were a bit that, shit. That the level wasn't that high at all. Yeah, like I don't think, like I don't think if I was like interviewing Michael Jordan, let's say, and we were talking about his baseball career versus baseball, his basketball yeah, yeah. career, that Michael Jordan would go, whoa, whoa, Ida, I gotta clarify something. I've got to, I've got to tell you why I'm shit. I gotta tell you yeah. why I'm a bit. <laughs> As English people, we do that. This is a very English thing. I don't know. I think it's the difference on why I high five invisible people on a peloton bike and exactly and you shrink down and go oh i'm a bit lonely with let me ask here. a question so this is what i did at the start of my relationship with ida which i didn't realize was you mean when i was giving a compliment to ida like i'd look at her and i'd go baby you've got the most beautiful lips i've ever seen which is true but then instantly this thing kicks in where I then have to go, not bad for deflated lilos or whatever it is. For a bit of a haggard bitch. Let me, so, and then she'd be like, I'm going, hold on, hold on. You just said a nice thing and then you took it away. And then it happened a few times and I sort of had to get to grips with the fact that maybe I could evolve and stop doing that. Do you still do that with your missus? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's and does she do it with you? Well, I mean, me and Melanie have been together now for a very long time, and um, so we're, we're and we're at a different phase in our relationship than, than you because you're still at the little kids phase, even more so now with the new. Addition. Are you talking about Rob? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so we we've now gone to the bit where our kids are grown up because they're looking at each other again, and that's weird. Because then you do have time again, and then you start going, oh, you know, I actually just like being with you. And then Aww. so, and so we've been to that bit where I've, and I've done that. I've actually said, you know, I actually said, uh, this was about two weeks ago when we were talking about this whole lockdown thing. I said, I've enjoyed being at home and, and I've liked being with you. And I could see him melting, and I, and I couldn't stop myself from saying, well, I'm fucking bored now. That's what I'm talking about. It's not your fault I'm bored. It's good. <laughs> your bit's good. It's just, you know, it is boring, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> she must have been so touched. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you see, but, but you, you see, you see what I mean, though. You, can you notice that that's an English thing? That you. even with friends, you sort of give a compliment, but then you have to take it away at the same oh, time. Oh, on the example for you. I mean, I don't know the division of your time now. It seems you've you've come back to the UK more. But as an Englishman who went to LA, was that one of the attractions? That positivity, because I've always found. Where, when I've always thought of this cross-cultural relationships where you marry somebody from a different... There's going to be loads of subtle things you don't get and don't understand, but because our exposure to American culture, we think we know Americans. And then you have a different energy to us and a different approach, particularly, you know, the, the Californian Americans. And well, so, like, of, oh, like when I... So what would it be like waking up with somebody who smiles? 
I am the sunnier one of the two of us. I definitely have to say, I am the like, come on, we got this. I love you, sunshine, yeah. activity. And you've definitely got that English, like there's part of you that just has to be a bit north of the wall and, and erg about things or like piss off. Well, there's definitely like when you arrive in Los Angeles, I don't think there's a place in England, because like London wasn't this for me, but I don't think there's a place in England where you wake up and you think something's going to happen, but you're like happy about what the something yeah. might be. Instead of the something that's going to happen is I'm going to get my head kicked in. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, you know you know what it is? There's, I think, I think weather's got something to do with it because I think there's... There's an element of negativity. It's like you can't leave the house in England without thinking you might need a coat at some <laughs> point in the day. So yeah. no matter how the day starts, you think part of this day is going to be shit. Yeah. It's so, going to like start raining on, on me. Yeah. Yeah. The joy I feel right now is going to be dampened by something <laughs> else. I do, I do think that sort of like with the English lady, not that I, 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 I'm going to throw... A whole category of people under the bus. But we're, we're sort of like a fighting nation that's always been at war with someone or something or some place. And it's grey and it's rainy. And that's ingrained in our DNA. So the English lady and the English man are sort of like battle hardy. Whether they've been in a battle or not, it's in their DNA. So when you get to California and you have this sort of energy of, hey, anything's possible, let's, right? Let's have some fermented kimchi and hug. And I've got yeah. to say, it, it, is, it is very, very appealing and, and, and light. Well, how does that then play into how you decide where to bring your kids up? That's a really uh, good question. I mean, that's oh, a good question. Oh, hit a nerve. No, okay, okay. So let me tell you sort of the bad thing. Well, we have kind of, it's interesting. I think people would assume that I would want to raise the kids in California or in the States, because that's what I'm used yeah. to. And you would want to raise them English. But actually, I found in our dynamic that it's the other way around. I'm more attracted to the English culture, and you're more attracted to... No, that's not true. Do you not No, so? no, it's not true. The reason why I was sort of, like, going for the California side is because nobody knew me there. So they still I, don't. I, I know, yeah. Nobody knows me there. <laughs> and, you know, I could be... I could you be, could be a, anybody. I could just be yeah, a dad instead of Robbie Williams being a dad. I would always go for British sensibilities, you know, that's because that's where I'm from. And Los Angeles isn't America. So I'm not no. talking about America. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just talking about Los Angeles, which has many great things and it's afforded me many opportunities. But there's some bad things there too. That's like I didn't even know the word entitlement until I got to Los Angeles. You're welcome. And then I learned about this this new thing where there's these kids with entitlement because of the place that they were born in and having the parents that they have and having the money that they had. I'd never seen it in my life before. And it literally made me slack-jawed the way that not all, but quite a few of the people my age behaved. It was sort of like, I don't want my kids anywhere near these kids, Yeah, you know? That's not everybody in Los Angeles, lots of lovely people, but there's enough to make you go, 
I don't want this for me kids, you know. Well, I think there's something like the yin to the yang, like the part of like the English culture where you're a bit like waiting for it to piss down on you and you're a bit like ready to knife someone is also the bit that gives you this like this cool sense of humor that I find. Because like one thing I've always found is I was always a bit of a square peg round hole because I'd make these kind of just dark humor jokes and no one would ever get it. And when I met Rob, it was like, wow, there's someone just as mental as me who can make these jokes. And it's like, I really appreciate in English culture, people just take the piss out of each other and, 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 and they can talk on a level that's quite real and funny and dark all at the same time. Whereas in LA, if you take this piss out of someone, you actually say something ironic, they're incredibly confused. Like it could be yeah. 100 degrees outside and you go, fuck, it's cold outside. And they'll just go, what are you talking about, man? It's really hot. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, whoa. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like in England- I, I did. <clears throat> I did one gig. I've done. Yeah. Well, well, I did. I actually did two because I did maybe do a little warm up gig first. Then he said, "Okay, you can do the main room." I did one gig in the comedy store in LA, and I it was never a plan. I just went over. This was, would have been about I don't know three or four years ago, and I just went over to hang out. To be honest with uh, you, uh, James had gone over doing his show. Steve was playing. LA Galaxy. I had some other mates over there. I thought I'll just this. I, I'll, I'll, I'll go for ten days, and I'll hang out. Melanie didn't want to come, so I, I stayed in the uh, or is it the, the Marmot? What's it oh, called? Oh, the Chateau Marmot. Yeah, yeah. Quite cool Bunker. place. Quite cool, but. Been haunted. Spend, 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 not for you. Not for you. No, I, for you. I, you should have no, called no. us. That's not what Trip Advisor yeah. told you to do. Man. I know exactly. I'm like, what am I doing here? It's like wanky. It, it, too too cool for school. So anyway, but mm-hmm. because it stayed there, the comedy store was around the corner. So I didn't know. Uh, so I thought, oh, well, this is interesting. Like you, Robbie, I thought I can actually go and watch some comedy, and no one knows who I. Yeah, man, and I can be on the other side of the fence for a while. So I went, watched, watched a few gigs. I thought, oh, this is all right. And I'm and, and mental. I mean, you know, it was uh, like Bill Baird popped up one night and stuff like that. So, I, so I'm so i watching. And then uh, somebody in the crowd got talking to me. And there was a dorm and said, oh, you, are you a comedian who's working here? And, I, and in the end, he said, you should come back tomorrow and speak to the manager. So I went back. Spoke to the manager. I said, look, I, I wouldn't mind just for me getting up and doing 10 minutes. So he said, all right. So let me do a little room to like 12 Mexicans. <laughs> at least I could talk. And then he said, you can do. And that, that, that was a room to 12 Mexicans. That was, that was literally. <laughs> That's not a euphemism. Literally. That was literally what happened. There's a little room upstairs. The belly, la- said, right, the belly, the belly room. The belly, the belly room. room. Yeah, yeah, belly room. Then he said, right, come and do the main room. And Seth is, the team's up to do the main room. I thought, this would be all right. No, you know, I'm not bothered. So I walked on. There was a couple of English in the room. So they recognized me, but no one else in the audience. So I said, oh, okay. I said, oh, right. Well, just to explain to everyone here, I am, I am a stand-up in England. And I thought, I've got a great line. And I haven't used it for years because, you know, I've used it in England. Where I just said, listen, let me explain uh, a little bit about myself. My name's John. Uh, I've been married uh, at that point. I think it was 22 years on and off. That that was me sort of line. I've been married 22 years on and off. And I got to the point where I went, 
I've been married 22 years, and the audience went, what? Happen for? I said, you killed the joke. And then I was trying to do another thing about my son turning 16. As soon as he said he was 16, the clap, and I'm like, and in the end, it ended up with me with the audience going, Would you stop being so fucking enthusiastic? <laughs> I'm used to an apathetic audience who's waiting, for, who's waiting for the situation to be made funny. They don't think life's good, they know it's shit. Just be there and stop enjoying, stop enjoying yourself. John, right. That I makes was, me laugh so hard. I was on stage and I was introducing a song and I was and I'd start by saying, ladies and gentlemen, I, I've been I've been five five years sober and I'm five years sober now. And people would go like that, and then I'd wait for the applause break and then I'd carry on talking. I remember I was doing a stadium in Australia. And I went, you know, I'm very happy to say I'm, I'm five years sober. And I waited for the applause break and it didn't come. <laughs> and I just looked at the audience and they were all, they all looked at me like I was like puzzled. Just sort of like, why would you do that, mate? And I was like, right, okay, that's thrown me off a bit. That's Australia. <laughs> like the 180. Yeah. Like, now, here's my question. You said when you came to LA, and I'd be interested to know, that no one understood you because of your accent when you would ask for like water, for example. Like you went to, what is it, Barney's Beanery and you didn't, you'd ask for, when you were in LA, and, but besides the comedy, do people understand when you were talking or did they look at you like, A? Eh? Well, actually, uh, I, would, I would attribute America for teaching me how to speak. Uh, and the, the reason I say this is when I, uh, when I, I went to uh, university, first thing I did in the first term is I, uh, I qualified as a, as a football coach, a soccer coach, because uh, some of my mates who were doing sports degrees were, uh, in the summer, they went over to America to coach kids football at soccer camps. And you would fly in and it wouldn't be like an, a residential camp. You would be in one small town in the morning, another small town in the afternoon. Oh. And it was brilliant. So you were touring so I, around? Yeah. So I've been, I, through that, I did three years of doing that. Uh, in all of the summers three that years. I was there. Wow. Three years. So I'll go over and I spend the summer each each year through, uh, through university. And I managed to do everything. I mean, like, I did all of the East Coast, all the West Coast. Um, I did, you know, little places, Delaware. I've been to all of these places that wow. people don't go south. South Carolina, spending spend a couple of weeks right in the middle of it. And I arrived with, with my Liverpool accent. And the problem with my Liverpool accent is I grew up outside of Liverpool. And so my family lived right in the middle of Liverpool. And I was born at a hospital right in the centre of Liverpool called Mill Road. And then the council decided to knock all of those houses down. And so they said to the families, yeah, house is getting knocked down. You can live no. in this place or that place, but you, you're moving. And so we, uh, <clears throat> my family elected to go to a place called Winsford, which is these series of council estates um, out in Cheshire. Because if you went there, you've got a job in a factory. Oh, they guaranteed guaranteed. the job if you... Yeah, uh, in on the, the chemical plants. Wow. Uh, no, it wasn't on the chemical plants. No, that's that's 
Run corn. There was yeah. some in there. I know there was ones in North, which wasn't it as well, yeah. yeah. But anyway, what happened? They took that, me mum and dad took that the inside toilet, job in a factory. And so did a lot of people on the street. I mean, we we shared a removal van with another family on the street. No. So we ended up, there was this little council estate, all full of people from Liverpool living in the middle of Cheshire. So they all, and the only way about identifying themselves was through their accents. It's the same way of third generation Irish Americans, the more Irish than the Irish. So what they did is I grew up surrounded by people all trying to out-scouse each other. So like enhanced so every, Liverpool accents, yeah, like born so everyone, Everyone's accent was was unbelievably thick. I remember going to Liverpool <laughs> on my own for the first time to go to the match when I was 15. No one in Liverpool could understand me. I was like, oh, I don't know how to say that. You want to say that? All It was just, it was completely left kid. Wow. I, and so when I went to America and I'm trying to teach these kids, and I've got these kids in a field in Pittsburgh looking at me, and I'm going, where's your face, your face? Get the fucking ball and fuck it out the end. Get the fucking Get the fucking get the, get the fucking <laughs> And so, so I gradually learned to slow down. To soften it. Well, this soften it. I remember when we first were started oh, watching. Oh, hold, on. Wait, hold on. What? The thing that was glazed over there was. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Inside toilet. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> let me just, let me just yeah. tell you. Let me just tell you. Yeah, yeah. This one, yeah, right, yeah. has never had a bedroom without her own ensuite bathroom. <laughs> he takes the piss out of me for that. Honestly, he thinks I'm the fucking queen for having an ensuite bathroom my whole life. Well, well, so does he now. <laughs> so right. does he. Well, now I've been all married. your life. All like, my life. All your life. Yeah, I'm like, so oh, let's be honest. Would you like me to share the burden to make I you feel better? <laughs> I, let's be honest. 
did you marry for love or did you check out bathroom arrangements first? <laughs> did you say, is this a man? Can, would you have married someone who couldn't give you an ensuite? <laughs> Do you know what? I would marry you even if I had to shit in the garden, babe. I mean, it would obviously be a little less glamorous, but I would, I would sacrifice the ensuite for you. Inside toilet. It blows his mind. I, it no, blows his no, mind. No, but it, like it's now blowing my mind that it was like not even one person ago where you couldn't yeah. go for a shit in your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mental. Oh yeah. That's like me. And like, I, and like, I, I, I still, never, I never heard inside toilet like, as an expression before. And then, you. and then the council had to give you a grant to build your toilet into your house. This, we well, think we're on the cutting edge of technology, of culture, of science, but my gran and me at some point had to go for a shit in the yard. Yeah, in the yard. <laughs> I, I, I remember Still going do. to me nans. I remember going to me nans. And she, she used to have, in the kitchen, she used to have the toilet roll so that you'd take it out because if she left it outside in the bog, it'd get damp and it'd be useless. I mean, that's rough. That's... I'm not gonna lie, it's rough, it's tough. It explains a lot, right? It explains a lot why you don't like to bathe or flush because you- Here's, it, here's another thing, right? <laughs> here's another thing. Like, bath days for us with Sunday. Sundays. Yeah, and Sunday, like, yeah. I'd have, my mum would have the bath water, my sister would then have the bath water, and then I would have the bath water. Is that, is that what happened to you and your family? Yeah, yeah. Even now, if Melanie gets a bath, like my, my, Melanie will get a bath instead of getting a shower. If she gets a bath, gets in and gets out, I think it's a waste. I'll get oh, in the do bath. No, we do that. I get in the, but I get in when I don't want a bath, just <laughs> so that the water's not wasted. <laughs> See, this is... We, we do share bathwater. This is how my northernism, right? How bad my northernism. When Ida puts up a post on Instagram and she wants to add music to it, in my mind, I'm thinking, do you really want to spend one ninety nine on that? <laughs> oh, well, do you do this? Okay, even more. I'm sure you have nice candles in your house. Hang on right? a second. Do you have to spend one ninety nine to sometimes put music on it? Buy the track. Babe, it's sometimes it's your song, so chill out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I've got a minute. Melanie's doing that all the time on her Instagram. She's doing Instagram with all these pigs singing songs. I, I didn't want to get Melanie in the day. shit. I didn't want to get Melanie. Uh, I just wait, got a story. Wait, okay. Do you have posh candles in your house? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I want to know if you've ever done this. So once upon a time, I got a posh candle. And they, they, they last for ages, by the way, these candles. Yeah, yeah. But I lit the candle. Rob, Rob was like, you spent what on a candle? And I was like, well, but it lasts for like six months, a year. It's fine. I went to light the candle. I just went into the bathroom to pee. By the time I came out, he'd blown out the candle. And he went, you're just burning money. You're just burning money. You're not even in the room. Have you ever done that? I've never blown a candle out because, <laughs> because I think otherwise I'm looking at it going, why have you fucking got this candle? It's never been lit. No. I don't even know if it smells properly. I don't I, I don't know if this smell is a promise or a reality. <laughs> I, I can remember the evening sort of like just like we were watching something on the television, but my eyes would go up and then I'd be concentrating on this candle for a bit <laughs> and then my eyes would go up 
and then this <laughs> fucking candle. He just and then he went to the toilet, and while she was at the toilet, I just went. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I would say that's the difference between in LA, maybe Beverly Hills, and Stoke on Trent. We had. Well, I, I, you know what it is. I think I think it's also a difference between being short of money and not being short of money. Growing up with a frugal mind because you just don't know. I mean, I'm saying this to a man sat in Fajar's pajamas. Yeah, I mean, so obviously, he's yeah. changed. I want to circle back to something there because you were talking about, because this was something that I was thinking about. We were thinking about accents and Northern and American. Does it strike you? Because I remember when I came to the UK and I struggled to kind of, I have to say, I, I understand you perfectly, but when I first when I first came to England, I didn't understand a Liverpool accent. Like Scouse accent was just like a, and we'd watch Bullseye. That was like our thing. We'd watch old episodes. I introduced it to the classics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were all these different accents, and Rob would quiz me on like where is that, and I'd be like Leeds. He'd be like no Birmingham, and we'd go through this whole thing where I was learning the accents. I couldn't believe how many different accents there were. Like one mile from each other or five miles there's like oh, yeah. a completely different accent where it's like america is huge and there's only like five accents like did you notice yeah, yeah. when you moved i mean there isn't like you can go 500 miles and the accent's the same whereas like absolutely i drove a car i drove a car from on my own took a car from california to new york stopped you know did a drive away where i was delivering this car and it, it literally the, the difference in accents in that three and a half thousand miles or whatever it is was minimal compared from Liverpool to St. Helens, which yeah, is yeah. like four miles. It's just, it is Why ridiculous. Is that? And it also, it also comes down to what we were saying before about Peloton, because Peloton, you've got this generic positivity of the American accents. You're not going to get an English fella go, right, come on, lads, get right. a shift on. Come on, come on, let's get a shift on, everyone. I'm sweating yeah. my legs off here. Come on. Yeah. Come on I've got big kids up from school in a minute, so come on. Right, come on. I, I, wonder, I wonder if it was sort of the reason is that our, our culture and our country is centuries, years old. And like America is like five minutes old, really, when it comes yeah. to history. And they've just, they've grown up on television. Well, well I, I wonder if there was just like a centralized understanding of who they are from very, movie very early. TV. Like, no, I think know, that, like, like for me, like if you were to ask another American, where am I from? They wouldn't know. I kind of like you could tell yeah. I'm not from the South. You can tell I'm not East Coast, but you wouldn't know if I'm from Colorado or Arizona or California. I mean, you wouldn't know. Whereas, like the English, you can tell if someone's like, you know, like at your Hanley. from Hanley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you think like why? Like you say it's the movies and and the newness. I get. But I feel like even in a thousand years, if America still exists, there but, would be no difference in the accent. Yeah, but I think I think what you've got to remember is it's a new country with all people seeking an identity. And it goes right back to what I was saying when we moved to Winsford. Our identity was the accents where everyone sought it. In America, you get all of these different cultures merging, wanting to be together, identifying yeah. a way of being together, and then making that the common way of speaking. And for us, we've had, we've, we went through industrialization where people in communities stayed because that's where the work was. So they never had to leave. So if you were in a cotton mill in, in St. Helens, you never went into the ports of Liverpool. You stayed 
in the mill. Yo, you that's stay really where you were. And it's just kept generations in the same that, place. That still happens today. Like, I know yeah. people in Stoke that haven't been to the town three miles away. You know, yeah. still, still today. Within England, oh, I know where you're from. You know roughly where I'm from. Also, that would come with a bit of a bias in some way about that person from their accent. In well, that's America, what I was ask you. In America, we don't have that. You don't have OEs from, therefore, that is like you know. And you don't have to. You don't have the same class system. It's uh, definitely that, that, more a class system in England than America, I have to say. Like, yeah, yeah. even the stuff with, like, I know, I mean, we were taking the piss about the en-suites and whatever, but, like, I noticed there's almost a thing, like, if you're posh, it's like, ooh, posh kid. Or, like, there's a real thing about posh yeah, versus yeah. not posh. Whereas we don't really, I think because America is such an aspirational culture and everyone's trying to, like, it's that place where you go to succeed. So there's no, like, there's no... Um, negativity about like succeeding. I've noticed it's like, did you go to private school or public school in England? Which is yeah. like not a conversation you, you know, have. You know, it's a very interesting thing because um, reflecting on my life changed quite dramatically. There's periods of time where, where if you come from a, a working class background, then all of a sudden you go into a profession where regardless of the, the, the notoriety or the fame side of it, where all of a sudden you, your level of wealth goes beyond your expectation. There's a period, you may, I don't know whether you would have felt it the same way, Rob, because you were so young, but there is a little bit of, of, of you that feels guilty. A little bit about going, oh, I better not, you know. And I, I've never been flash, I've never been into flash cars or anything, but there is a, a when I was in America, yeah, I was working for this company, American Soccer Camps, and I remember all the English lads were over, and the guy who was running the camp, this guy called Gary Russell, who set it all up, and he was a psychologist. It was all about coaching and mixing psychology with coaching. Brilliant. But he had this big flash car, and it was all English coaches, and I remember one of the English coaches, because I was thinking of staying there long-term and taking a full-time job, and one of the English coaches we're saying, look, the, you know, Gary's got a big flash car. I think he had a Porsche or something like that. He said, don't think of it like he's taking money from you because he's got a flash car. Think of it that you want to work for the guy whose company is doing so well, he's got a Porsche. That's how Americans see things. Don't look at it in English way. Uh, mate, listen. It was exactly, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like Exactly. Like, experience. I, I'm only now as a 46-year-old giving myself permission to be the person that has been this successful. It's something that I battled with for a really, really long time. And like, if a posh car, not that I would do it, but I was with other lads. If a posh car went down the street, some lads would throw bricks at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so like, I got to like 30 and I always thought people that owned Rolls Royces were dickheads because that's just ingrained. It's like he's a dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then somebody took me from the hotel to a gig in a Rolls Royce. And I was like, this is fucking ace. I'm going to have to change <laughs> my, right? So then I thought, then I couldn't weigh my desire to have one of those things against the person that I was and that I'd come up being. So I sort of grappled with it for 10 years about liking Rolls Royces, but not wanting to get one because that would make me a dickhead. 
And then on my 40th birthday, I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to get one. And I went down to go and get a, a Rolls Royce and either, <laughs> either had spent some money on a present for me. And I got- like a, like a minimal amount too. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot. And I got really angry with her. And I was like, like how, how like, can you buy that when I'm gonna buy this Rolls he Royce? He got really, really pissed off of me. It was like a nice pair of pajamas and a snow globe. And he got so angry that I'd spent money on a nice pair of pajamas and a snow globe they actually didn't get the car for himself because he felt too guilty and apologetic. You have two things. You, yes. you, you, it was either it was either pajamas or a Rolls Royce. Yes. Not both. Not, Not both. both. He's anyway, mega mad. Listen, listen. It took him two more years. It took me two more years to build up the courage in myself to go and get one. So I got one and I drove it off the four. Well, I was in the back of it <laughs> on the off the forecourt. <laughs> And I was go I was on my phone. You went to right? the Daily Mail. I went to the Daily Mail, and I was just looking through a few um, a few stories. Kylie Jenner, who was nineteen. No, she was sixteen, babe. Oh, she was sixteen. Had got the exact same car that day in the same color, and it was her third. She had no existential crisis about getting that car. Do you know what I mean? If you, yeah. If you still got it, he got a new one. <laughs> yeah, but what I mean is, do you still do you still have a Rolls Royce? You're happy with it. Yeah, he's happy with it, but but I, I mean, I you know, I, I, you said one day it was like because I'd never heard of it because I kind of come from this American culture, but you said kind of the same thing. You said in in England, people look at a guy with a nice car and they go, "One well, in America, you see a guy with a nice car and you go, one day I'm going to be that guy.' Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see that guy with a car and you go, one day I'm going to get that guy.'" I'm gonna get yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sure. gonna get that bastard. It's interesting yeah, though. Yeah. Like, why do you? I'm like, why do you think? Why is it like that? Why is why is there such a like? I, a, you know why I think? I yeah. think I think it does. And again, I'm basing all of this on no academic knowledge whatsoever. Uh, but I do think the class structure's got a lot to do with it. And the, the reason for that is that there's in America because it's a new country, because it's the land of opportunity, because people come. And at some point, the difference between where everyone's starting from is, is relatively close. In, in Britain, you have centuries of division and centuries of family wealth and centuries of serfdom. So you end up with a situation where there's resentment because the person who's got that Rolls Royce probably didn't earn it. Born into it. Right. They didn't right. earn it. That's good. They were point. born into it. And the person who's who's filling them up with petrol at the station would never have had the opportunity to right. do it. So it's less of a meritocracy. If you've earned it, if you've won it, if you've done great. But if you just got born into it, I'm gonna hate you for the fact that I wasn't. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that, that's the presumption. But I mean, that, but, but that being said, with both of you, you've both earned your wealth, your success. And and yet I imagine that both you kind of touching on it, and I know you have, I'm sure you receive kind of judgment and backlash. I'll put it, put it this way. I wouldn't have the Rolls Royce in England. That wouldn't be happening. And now, now that I've experienced it, I, I don't want it anymore. Because he feels yeah, too guilty yeah. to have something. No, that makes... when, 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 you do. You, yeah, I, think... I know, but it, there is that thing as well, isn't it? You want it because you can't have it. You've got it. You go, oh, 
is, is it, it worth is it? it? It doesn't fulfill the desire I was hoping. But it's still, I get what you're saying. Having it in England is a different statement. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're not known for, you know, your, uh, what's the word that I'm asking? Subtlety. Subtlety, yeah. You're not a shrinking violence. Are you? <laughs> you're known to be flamboyant and confident and out there. And, and there's an expectation that your level of, of fame, pop star level of fame, and now beyond that level in terms of being so known for so long by so many, that you could almost get away with stuff now because people know, know you've done it. It's when people uh, have been, if you like, successful for five years and then they're walking around with big gold watches. I think that's more of a resentment. Elton, if Elton, Elton John, you got a Rolls Royce, people go, of course, he's fucking Elton John. You'd yeah. also actually you be like I mean? almost disappointed if he was in like a Toyota Camry. You'd be like, yeah, then, then they'd be going, then they'd be going, you're, you're actually a bit woke. You don't mean that. You're just doing right. it. You're insincere, you bastard. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fuck, 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 you. You fuck off with your Prius. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. What are you being ordinary for, you belly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's putting it on. <laughs> It is such an English thing that, like, you can't, yeah. you kind of can't win. Yeah, uh, but you know, it's it's also part of what I think makes our humor and our culture so good is that is that it undercuts. That undercut, a hundred percent. It was like it's like they, that joking. You can joke with someone in in the UK and in America. You can't really like. I think if you had this conversation with someone who was American, like not me, who's been in, in Europe. Um, they would be very confused by the concept. They wouldn't even understand it. They wouldn't, like, if, you, yeah. if we were talking to the Kardashians right now, I'm not sure they would understand why you would even need to apologize for showing your wealth. It would be like, it would be like mind blown. It would just be, it would it would completely go over their heads. I, I, yeah, and I, I think that's something that we can learn from. And I don't mean that, that exposing your wealth is good. That level, uh, no, no. Yeah, but I, but I think what, what it, what we should be afraid of is is, is showing success because if you can show success there and be comfortable in your own skin and and success itself be regarded as a positive thing, then it will teach people from backgrounds like ours that it's available to you. It's not we're not freaks. We're we're not odd. We just follow this thing and that thing and then put the work in at the right time. And it, then you've got an opportunity to do it. I'm not into that, you know, if you want it enough, you can have it. Because that's bollocks. You've got right. to really work at it and have some talent. But if you can recognize that in yourself, you should believe you've got a chance to do I it. Think, I think that's a, that's a problem with, like, Britain is people think that what we've achieved is literally like jumping to Mars by yourself. You, it would never happen, and it just it can, you know, it can, and I, I think you're right. That is a thing that we can learn from our American brothers and sisters that success is actually okay and it's doable. But you're right; you've got to work for it. You've got to put the graft in. Well, yeah. I, I think it was. I think it was really interesting the way you said it was. It was merit based versus class based. I think is a really important point in terms of. You know, I think there is, of course, there's resentment when someone's something and you can't break through that barrier. You know, they just keep getting yeah. wealthier and wealthier by just being born. Whereas, and that's also not their fault. And it's not their fault. Yeah. Like, I have to say with, with, with lots of 
I'll put in air quotes, you know, posh people I've met in England, they're almost apologetic about having been born into it. Do you know what I mean? They, they're, they're quite lovely. That's not to say that all of them are, but it's not their I fault. I would say most of them are. It's not I'm, their fault. I, I'm, I'm sort of like shocked when I, I knock about with Aristos and their Aristo friends, sort of how, so, I mean, you know, they, they have had privilege, but they are soft and gentle and not chippy. Wait, wait, I just want to do something because I know we've kept you for a really long time and I've really- yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it, it's been nice. Great. Um, okay, one thing I wanted to do, which is total non sequitur, whatever, is I wanted you guys to each tell me in your own colloquial accent, something, an expression, and I want to try and copy it. And then on the reverse, I want you guys to try an LA American accent and see how oh, it goes. Okay. Yeah. okay, so who's gonna go, do you want to, okay. John, you tell me something, you say something in, in a Liverpool Scouse accent, and I'm going to try and say it the same way. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, I think Robbie is a great lad, but sometimes he's a bit of a blade. I think, <laughs> I can't even say, okay. I think, <laughs> do it one more time. Okay, wait, do it one more time. <laughs> I, 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 think, I, think, I think Robbie is a great lad, but sometimes he's a bit of a blade. I think Robbie's a great lad, but sometimes he's a bit of a blurt. Wow. <laughs> I said it's Scottish. I was Scottish. That's that, terrible. I can't do it. That was not a bad Scottish. It was horrible. That wasn't bad. Blech, great, 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 blurt, blurt. I can't do it. Okay, you do a, you do a Stoke thing. Okay. Uh, Costney kick a bow again a woe, and yet we yet until your boxes. Shut up. I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> kick a, kick a bow. Oh, hold on. Okay. Costly kick a bow again a woe and yet it with the yet. I'm that it's like Christo e Camry. I'm never gonna remember that. Just okay. do it bit by bit. Uh all right, how about this? Uh Costlive Count Slice. Costlive Count Slice. Costlive Count Slice. Costlive Count Slice. Which means do you live in a council house? <laughs> oh right, very good. Costlive Count Slice. Okay, I'm gonna make you guys now say, um, I've really enjoyed talking to you. You're both great guys. Hey, I really enjoyed talking to you. You're both great guys. <laughs> okay, you How about that? Was you I chotchy out of happy days? Though? Yeah, you were a bit chotchy. <laughs> we, went to, we went to the 1950s there. It did do a little backtrack at <laughs> the time. Yeah. Say it again. Okay, okay. I really enjoyed talking to you. You're both really great guys. I've really enjoyed talking to you. <laughs> You're both really great guys. Oh, my God. Okay. That's good. Well, no, it's not. It's not good. Thanks, it's not John. good. You're like in New York. You're like a regressive person in a special place in New York City. I really. <laughs> what are you? What are you? I'm not. I'm not like like Woody like, Allen. I really. Yeah, you're. You're, you're a big talking. Woody Allen. You're, yeah, you're, really you're Woody Allen. I really can I just? Can I just say this? <laughs> my American accent is better, way better than your Scouse. Okay, my Scouse was terrible. Okay, yeah. okay, granted, mine was shite. But I'm gonna work on it. And and yours is just harder. Were you was you were you doing comedy then, or was that your actual like sincere go American accent? Kaskikaboa. Oh, oh, sorry, I beg your pardon. <laughs> was I doing comedy, or was that my sincere go? That that was me hoping that there's some casting agent listening to this, thinking that's the guy we need. That's who I need. That, that's who that's we the need. guy. Listen to that guy. That's the guy we need. <laughs> 
Get rid of Channing Tatum. We've got the guy. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. You, because you both think it sounds normal. Okay. So if England needs an American to an English guy, if you need like a Woody Allen, like kind of like. Well, a, I know it's kind of like that. So hey, it, it sounds like you're congested. Well, yeah, maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> hey, listen. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed this chat, John, by the way. I I I could keep keep you and then I would feel guilty, but I've just you're you're great. This has been so much fun. John Bishop, thank you so much for joining this podcast. You are an absolute legend, one of the funniest people I know, and we are all better for it on Postcards from the Edge. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please subscribe. I mean, it's actually begging. Rate us, review us, all the five stars, all the bells and whistles, please, wherever you find your podcasts. Seriously, desperate, desperate for a good review. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Postcards from the Edge is a Blueprint Pods production. Executive producer Sophie Palak and producer Warren Borg. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.